Welcome to Opinion Havers, a movie podcast for fat dentists. I'm Cody. And I'm Tyler. Tyler, what did we watch? We watched three billboards. Wait, hold, hold please. Yeah. Hold. Take your time. Three billboards outside Ebbing, Missouri. Oh, way to get... A lot of people missed the punctuation on the title. Yeah. Kudos to you. I had to make sure I got everything right. Yeah. Um, when someone tells me there's a fat dentist in the movie... Fat dentist. I'm expecting... Were you disappointed? That we didn't see a fat dentist? No. We saw a fat dentist. We saw the dentist. What did you call him? If you caught... If someone's descriptor is fat, fat Mo, fat Albert, fat dentist, he wasn't, he, he had a beer gut. He was portly. You know, he, he wasn't, I wouldn't have called him fat. Would you? Yeah. You would have. I call people fat all the time. I, you know, there's one thing I don't tolerate, Cody, is fat people. <laughs> you know me. I do. I know. And all you, you people call about all you people. You're so mad. You're commenting. I see millions of Germans commenting. Don't at me. I weigh over four hundred pounds. Don't call me fat yet, either. Hurts my feelings. Yet, where's your DDS? You know, you could have been cast by Martin McDonough to be the fat dentist. Yeah, he could have been. It could have been the one you thought was maybe the one you thought was a fat dentist. He, he could have been just a fat dental hygienist. Oh, there you go. I could have been the fat dentist. It could have been you. We need the Snyder Cut of three billboards, and we need the true fat dentist in there. That's what I'm saying. So anyway. What, hold, a, hold one second. Yeah. I met someone recently. Their last name was Snyder. Ooh. This is what I said to them. Under my breath, and I'm not sure they heard it, and I kind of hope they did, and just moved on past it. Was uh, they were in, they said, "Oh, is this something Snyder?" And I was like, "Oh, of the Snyder cut fame." <laughs> That's what I said, and I love it. I love it more the more I think about it. Yeah, of Snyder cut fame, and that's the thing too. Like Snyder cut. Have we talked about this already? It could also be like, okay, if he's Jewish, and he's having a bris for his baby boy. Boom. Your party already has a name. It's the Snyder Cut. Exactly. It's perfect. It couldn't be any better. Let me ask you something, Cody. Yeah. You had the choice between a Catholic doctor and an old Jewish man to perform your son's circumcision. Who are you handing your, your newborn baby boy to? Uh, it's a trick question. The correct answer is fat dentist. Exactly. Because he's the real Jewish man. The old Jewish man, he's just fake. He's also Catholic. Yeah, he is. Yeah, he is. So, Tyler, this was your maiden voyage. Uh, is it is it correct to assume this is your first Martin McDonough film? Um, considering <clears throat> I've never heard his name before, probably. How dare you, sir? He has done not one, not two, but three films. All right? He's from London. Is He's he? done three movies. And uh, I've heard they're all good. I've seen two of the three. So, he did In Bruges. He did Seven Psychopaths. Oh. He did... Sir, please. I'm seeing a writer, nine, and director, five. I think he did three features directing. and I Because I think one, it was like an Academy-nominated short. Yeah. You're Academy right. Academy Award-winning short. And then, I don't know the fourth one. Uh, and uh, there's another untitled Martin Mc, 
McDonough Project. Oh, so it was the next movie? Yeah. Get out of here. I did my research. Tyler, I did so much research. For t- I did all my research. I was a very good boy. I did all my research ahead of time. And, uh, you know, I was ready. So yeah. anyway, would you care to uh, give us a brief synopsis of what on earth this Three Billboards Outside Ebbing, Comma, Missouri is all about? I'll give it. It's about this town. It's a little town of Missouri. It's a little town. Fun fact, not in Missouri. We'll get to that later. But they're supposedly in Missouri. That's what they say. That's what they claim. So they want you to believe. And they're there, and you got... I went to community college. I know what's going on. Right? <laughs> Did a semester. <laughs> Took psychology. There's, so they got all the classic tropes of the Deep South, or the South as they refer to it, which, that's another thing. Anyway, oh, you know, hey, you we could racist get into it. cops. I, okay. You got the angry Are we going to discuss the southernness of Missouri? Because there's, there's a lot going on with that. Oh. But I haven't finished my synopsis yet. Please, synopsis. You know, synop away. There's a lady. She got billboards, and they're outside Ebbing, Missouri. And the cops, oh boy, they're frustrated. Oh, they're cranky about it. And all the cops' friends Mm -hmm. and random guys from Idaho, they're all cranky about it. And in the end, it's really just a quest to get her $7. That's an excellent synopsis. Well done, sir. I like to think that... You know, everybody, you don't even need to watch the movie now. I really summed it up for everybody there. Yeah. I mean, why would you even bother? You got the whole experience. Yeah. So, Mr. Maiden Voyage, Martin McDonough, Maiden Voyage. How did, you know, what were your thoughts on this on this film? Okay, so, here's the interesting thing, all right. This movie, the release of this movie coincided with me subscribing to, you guessed it, Movie Pass? That was the name of it, right? The thing that led to us becoming friends. Yeah. Movie Pass. Yeah. Um, and I wanted to see it so bad, and then everybody said how good it was, and it made me want to see it more, and then it won like the Best Picture, right? It was nominated for Best Picture. It won two Academy Awards for acting. It was nominated for a few more. Okay. It's, but yeah, it won it a bunch. It was right of... in the race. Yeah, it, yeah, it did well. It was well. like nominated won, for everything big. Yeah. And like I was like, oh my gosh, I want to see it so bad. And then it left theaters. And then every time I see it, I'm like, I really want to watch it. And then, but ever since we started the podcast, I've been like, we got to watch for the podcast. And I think it's been on the list since like the third episode of the podcast, which now we've done over a hundred. Yeah. Oh yeah. No, this one's been on our list for, I mean, yeah, virtually since the beginning. The other thing about this movie is this is one that I saw. I thought it was amazing. Nobody else saw it, and I had no one to talk to about it, and I hated so, it because I was like, and I I had friends who were like, oh, I love In Bruges think, or Seven Psychopaths again. I'm like, can someone just see the new ones so I can talk to them about it? This is driving me crazy. I think it's real. I thought it was. I thought it was really great. I really liked this one, and it was very frustrating that no one, none of my friends had seen it at the time. So what you're saying, Cody, is this movie that we're doing right now, this one here, yeah. You could say this is the reason for the podcast. Because when I asked you why you wanted to do it, you said because you watch all these bougie movies and you've never no one to talk yeah. to about it. Yeah, this is a perfect example of the kind of movie this podcast was built for, yes. Yeah. Oh, so it sounds like you liked it. Or did you say you just wanted to see it? I wanted to see it so bad. <laughs> now that you saw it, was first impression. I liked it. I regret waiting so long to watch it, but I'm glad that yeah. I watched it. What was the movie we watched recently that you had 
wanted to watch for so long. It was like on your watch list for Slumdog years. Slumdog Millionaire? Yeah. Yeah. That's what it feels like. This is my Slumdog Millionaire. Code. Yeah. Except Slumdog Millionaire was on your list for a little bit longer, I think, than this one. Yeah. I mean, almost as long as it could have been on my list. Because it was like it came out and I was like, I want to watch this. I never saw it. Yeah. Okay. I mean, it sounds like we would give this movie a recommend. But there's so much more to talk about. Yeah. But I don't want to spoil this movie for anyone because um, it's an experience to be had. Mm-hmm. So I think, you know, if you if you want to experience this movie without knowing all the details, I think you have to turn around. Yeah. You have to go on and get. 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 Go on. Get out of here. Get. Get. We yeah. Can't you see we don't want you anymore? <laughs> How... Oh, well, you asking no, me? No, no, this is my thing. Don't take this. From, <laughs> this is your thing. This is the old. This is all I have left, Cody. <laughs> you, I guess we're just gonna hop in the in the old beat up station wagon with the wood paneling on the side. Oh yeah, and uh, just head on to Spoiler Town, USA. Here's the thing. Side note about these old station wagons. We had one growing up. Yeah, me too. And the buttons, right? You've seen the buttons now as an adult, right? They're the just buttons. little nubs. My dad would hit the buttons, like, to do the different stations. The way my dad would reach up and hit the buttons, I cannot put my finger on why it was weird, Hmm. but I can tell you he didn't just hit the button. He, like, touched the panel below the button, and then I think he rolled his nail up to the button. Here's the thing. For some reason, as a little kid, I really liked watching him hit the buttons. It's one of those things that has like a weird emotion attached to the imagery of your dad hit. It's just to him hitting the buttons to change the it's station. Like, it's like the equivalent of like ASMR videos today. Exactly. Like, I don't know why it just is. I, I want it. I need more of it. So if somebody who has hands that look like exactly like my dad's can just go out and record a video of them hitting those buttons the exact same way. The most specific OnlyFans. Yeah. Uh, you know, whatever, ever. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. <laughs> well, we're here now. We're here. We're in it. We're in it. I think this is an excellent movie. And here's, look, just to start this off, my favorite thing about this movie is how well it balances very dark humor with, like, this intense, almost over-the-top drama. Like, it's almost soap opera-y, mm-hmm. the way it's told. It's like a Shakespearean sort of drama. You think of Shakespeare, it's like, ah, oh, and the cup is poisoned, and I stabbed you, and you didn't know that my dagger was poisoned, but then you got my dagger and stabbed me, and now I'm poisoned, but now my true love is here, but she didn't know that I was her true love, and now we're all dead. End of play. You know, it's, it kind of plays out in that way, at least for me. But it works it doesn't come off as you know this could be a really cheesy lifetime if you took the same plot and the same plot points you could make a really cheesy lifetime movie out of it you know like a pg lifetime movie yeah something or other and instead it's this really great mix of drama and dark humor and it's uh it's so hard to do that i think it's one of the reasons i like this movie so much yeah and i i think too the characters i was talking to bailey about this but you know, with, with one or two exceptions, you actually, by the end of the movie, you kind of like all the characters. Even the ones who were, in the beginning of the movie, kind of a, the bad guy or didn't seem like there's anything redeeming about them. By the end of the movie, everyone's kind of showed more dimension to themselves, and you're like, you understand everybody more, and I think that's hard to do. I'm trying to remember, at the time, 
I guess I just need to look up the Oscars from this year, but I was really rooting for this movie to win all the Oscars. It ended up winning Golden Globe for Best Picture, didn't win the Oscar for Best Picture, but was nominated for a bunch. It won, I think Woody Harrelson and Sam Rockwell were both nominated for Supporting Actor. Yeah. Sam Rockwell won. Frances McDormand won Best Actress. Like, so, it, I mean, I had all these nominations. Oh, here's why I was, I was upset this year, because Shape of Water won The Shape of Water, which we've done. Yeah. But that same year had um, Three Billboards and Get Out. And I was just like, in the era of today, those two movies, I think, tackled race in such an interesting, like, race and prejudice and police brutality. Like, they all juggle these really interesting ideas in funny but intense ways. I'm like, those movies, I would have loved either of those two to win Best, best Picture. Yeah. as opposed to The Shape of Water. So I was really pulling for three billboards that year because I thought, out of all those movies, I thought it was the best one. While there were some good movies on that list, I didn't read the whole list, but Shape of Water was a good movie. It just wasn't... This is a better movie. This is, it is a better movie. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, haven't seen both of them. I haven't seen Get Out yet. Yeah. But, I mean, Lady Bird's on there, Call Me By Your Name, The Post, Phantom Thread, Dunkirk, Darkest. Darkest Hour's really good. Lady Bird's really good, too. We've seen Phantom Thread... Yes. I own Phantom (laughs) Thread. I bought it in 4K. I hate that I kind of like that movie more the more I see it. (laughs) I know. I love love every time you would pull it up. I actually think this is getting better. I mean, yes. Watch the rage flow through you (laughs) as you like it more and more. The thing is, it's one of those movies. It's kind of like this one, I bet. But it's like you like this. You start out liking this one more. But all those movies are like, they're so well done. Yeah. That the more you accept that it's very well done, the more you like it. On you. Hey, but you started hating yeah. Phantom Thread. Yeah. So you don't like that you don't hate it anymore. This one was great when I saw it in theaters, and uh, it was great watching it again here. I think it held up great. Loved it. Yeah. So good. Instead of seeing this movie one day, I went to go see The Mountain Between Us, and I think I'm one of like 12 people that's seen that movie. Idris Elba? Yeah. Kate Winslet? Yeah. Yeah. I heard yeah. it was okay. It's good. I liked it. Okay, but I mean, it was. It's. Uh, I've heard bad things about. It. I just didn't yeah. think people were. Blo- I think people were like, this could be amazing. I was like, ah, it's alright. Most of the movie is just them too, so it really hangs on whether or not you like them. Yeah, as actors, and sure. you know my feelings on Idris Elba. Oh, I know your feelings, and I think I you share are, many of the same feelings. You are aware of the effect he has on me. <laughs> yeah. All right. So, uh, the movie. Movie. Three billboards. The experience. I love how dumb Sam Rockwell is. Yeah. We've seen, you know, we've done Moon. Have we done any other Sam Rockwell ones? Uh, What's what's it called? With the Nazi boys? Oh. Jojo Rabbit. Jojo Rabbit, I love love Sam Rockwell, but this is a great performance from him. Sam Rockwell so much. He's so dumb and so funny, but also he's a terrible person. I think he gets redeemed throughout the movie, but it's just... I don't know. It's great. I think it's yeah. a great embodiment of like you know somebody who's prejudiced or racist, and it's just like you're an idiot. You're so dumb. Yeah. I don't know, but it was. I, I appreciated the humor that he brought of just him being a dumb, a dumb boy. I hate him so much. I just hate every movie he's in. It's like, gosh, he's the worst. And then by the end, I'm like, I hate that I'm rooting for you to win now. Yeah. When in the beginning of the movie, I wanted you to die in a horrible way. And I'm like, no. Yeah. Oh, Sam. 
And then, you know what I, my thought about him too, halfway through the movie, I was like, oh, remember the water boy with Adam Sandler? Yeah. It's the exact same power dynamic. Him and his mom, you know, he's like, my mama said he lives with his mom. It's, it's the exact same thing, you know? Yeah. That's what I thought. That's what I realized during this movie. <laughs> now, if Adam Sandler was, if, what's, what's the character name? Bobby Boucher? If Bobby Boucher was in this movie instead of uh, Jason uh, Dixon. How'd you feel about that? I here's the thing. <laughs> Adam Sandler's an acclaimed dramatic actor now. He but he does not do the I hate you too, I love you as well as Sam Rockwell does. Yeah. I mean, I think they've tried that in all of his Netflix movies where he's like a not likable character and they try to make him likable and yeah. all I hear is everybody like he's still not likable at the end of yeah. the movie. His redemption arc is not good. Yeah. But Sam Rockwell uh he's good it's he's such a bad cop like even to what were they were they talking about oh but so francis mcdormand's character her daughter is raped and killed and they never you know have any leads on the case pursue anything and so she puts up three billboards kind of like a side road that just ask like raped while dying still no arrests how come chief willoughby chief willoughby so those are the three billboards um, just trying to bring attention to the case. and Anyway, so everyone's upset, right? Because Chief Willoughby's a great guy. Some people know that he's got pancreatic cancer, and so they're like, he's a dying man, and you're going to drag his name through the map, blah, blah, blah. So yeah. they get really mad at her. So it makes an interesting drama, but you know, he asks Sam, uh, Chief Willoughby, who's Woody Harrelson, asks Jason Dixon, who is Sam Rockwell, hey, pull the, the file on, uh, what's her name? Angela. Francis McDormand's character. Francis McDormand's character? Yeah, Angela Hayes? Some Hayes. Yeah, so her name is Mildred Hayes. Mildred Hayes. Can you pull them, you know, the Hayes file? He's like, which one? The one about the billboards? Like, there's no one about the billboard. And he's like, actually, there's been two complaints. A guy with a funny eye and a fat dentist. You know, like, <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> just, and he's just like, he's like guy oh, with a funny eye. <laughs> this is how you describe, you're a police That's <laughs> really funny. Uh, uh, I mean, and that's kind of like their whole dynamic in the movie. I don't know. I just, it was yeah. great. I liked it. Yeah. I like how they gave the vibe of like, it's a small town, middle of nowhere, racist police department. But Chief Willoughby comes off as like, he's a good cop. They've kind of earned his spot. But he's kind of like, you can't change zebra stripes. This is the way people are. Yeah. Like, so he's just like, this is the, it's the best. I'm doing what I can with what I got. Yeah. You know, because like the sergeant's the worst and mm-hmm. all the rest of them are just the worst and Dixon's the worst of the worst. And he's yeah. just like, the best I can do is try to make them a little better. Right. Before I'm gone. Yeah. Jason Dixon, I learned this, rhymes yeah. with Mason Dixon. <gasps> so it's like a fun play on words because he's like a, a classic southern r- guy with bad prejudices. <laughs> Uh, rhymes with Jason Dixon rhymes with Mason Dixon yeah you know uh, you're right Jason rhymes with Mason the second word is just the same word yeah it is you know it is so uh yeah I mean Frances McDormand gives a great performance I like I don't know she kind of just bucks the trend she's like okay I'm an old woman my husband's gone and she just doesn't care anymore <laughs> she's like yeah. you know she goes to rent the billboard from the poor like young advertising guy he's like what like, okay, what other restrictions? I can't say names just like three really terrible words. Like, can't say this, can't say this, can't say this, right? And like, all right, then we're good. Here's what I want to say. I'm like, oh my God. She just, I don't know. I just like that she just goes for it. And um, it's a great yeah. character. Yeah. I like the nervous, 
poor nervous kid, redhead kid, just like, I don't know if I can do that. And he's like, no, you, you can do it. Yeah. Oh. yeah I don't know. It, just, it is interesting. I guess I just, I appreciate the dialogue and how, how much comedy there is, even though it's a dark situation and tensions rise high. I, I just think it's a great way to explore the plot and uh, advance the movie. Yeah. And yeah. And it's so much like, I appreciate So my mom is from a small town uh-huh. in Missouri. And so I've sp- I spent a lot of time there growing up, like at family reunions and get togethers and stuff. Where we'd go back to my grandma's house because she, th- she still lives there. Most of them still live somewhere nearby. Yeah. And there's a lot of like just, just being brutally mean to each other because like everybody's like, I'm done with being nice. Yeah. It's like my great grandfather was done with being nice and it's just carried forward through the generations. Uh-huh. And uh, you'd be like, yeah, everybody's friends here. But Kathy's just a slut. Hi, Kathy. How are you doing? You know, yeah. you, you having sex with all those guys lately? And she, yeah, I am. It's like, <laughs> what is happening right now? Yeah, my grandparents are funny. They're so they're from Indiana, and they're I don't know. It's just it's funny to see them go to like their cafe where they did where they have breakfast, and it's just everyone teasing everybody. And it's like, well, it would be fine except you're my waiter today, and the waiter's like, ah, you guys are the worst. Like yeah. this is fun, you know. It's just it's a funny way to like joke about each other, you know. I don't know. I uh, I definitely get that. Yeah. Um, yeah, this dentist thing. I thought that was an interesting turn. So she goes to the. They kind of allude to the dentist complaining about the billboard. Yeah, and then she goes to the dentist, and then he tries to pull her tooth without giving her any any painkiller. It's an interesting, like tense kind of situation. She kind of pieces together. Yeah, she stabs the drill into his thumb, you know, and what? I don't know. I just what, what were they saying? So she has to go into the, you know, he's gonna press charges, so she gets brought into the station. <laughs> and this is funny too. She's like. Woody Harrelson's like, so uh, did you take a trip to the dentist today? <laughs> she's like, her mouth is all numb. She's like. No, I don't go to that test. <laughs> like, she can't. She can't say anything, and um, and he was like, I don't know. Nobody cares about dentists. Like, I don't care about that. We need to talk about these billboards. Like, well, you know, we're doing whatever we can. I don't know. I, I just. Uh, I like the conversation with, in between them going and arresting her, and him coming into the interrogation room where it's just her and Dixon. Dixon. <laughs> She's like, because he's known as he, what they, they tortured. Uh, like a a black guy in custody, yeah, and that's like something everybody knows happened, yeah. So she's like, "How's that going?" And he's like, "Is people of color torturing?" Because she <laughs> says n word, and he's like, "No, I told her, I told her, <laughs> I told her you can't say that n word. You got to say uh, people of color torturing." <laughs> like, yeah. uh, and he's just... like, "That's right, right?" <laughs> what Harrelson's like, "I think, I think I got it from here. Yeah, I think I can take it over here." Oh my goodness, she's uh, <laughs> like. Yeah, it is. Yeah, I, you know, so much happens, right? She, she gets intimidated in her store. The person she runs her store with, she's black and she gets like arrested on like a, you know, they, uh, you know, drop some weed charges on her. So then, you know, she goes to, she goes to the store that morning and there's just a nose like got arrested. <laughs> yeah. And, um, yeah. Yeah. I mean, a lot happens in the movie. Yeah. I mean, it's all boils down to like it's her versus this town that is she doesn't think the police have done their job yeah 
which at the beginning of the movie, you're like, oh, there's probably some kind of... And I remember reading like the thing, like the blur before the movie, yeah. where it really makes it sound like the police covered up this crime mm. and buried the case. And that's the vibe you get at the beginning. And then the more, as it goes on, you realize like, oh, no, they they did everything they can do. Yeah. There's just nothing out. Like, there's nowhere else to look. Yeah. They have Although, to like, wait. It is weird that, like, Dixon has the file and he's not doing anything about it. And Dixon's obviously, like, a bad, bad at being a good police officer. You know, he's. Yeah. But Willoughby talks about how he investigated it. Yeah. So, yeah. like, how they ran the DNA and they asked around. They looked for everybody. It doesn't match anybody. Yeah. You know, and then she wants, she's like, well, pull it from everybody in town. He's like, what if he's not in town? Pull it from everybody yeah. in the country. What if he's not in the country? Everyone yeah. in the world, and if a guy commits a crime, kill him, you know? Yeah. And it's like, oh, she's just kind of gone crazy because of this, and he's trying to be like, the case has gone cold, and we have to wait for a lead. Right. It and is, she doesn't yeah. accept that. It is. I mean, and two, she does bring up, like, right, like, I haven't heard anything from you guys. I didn't hear anything in months. Like, no one's given me an update. or, And it is interesting, you know, hometown cases like that, I don't know. They can kind of shake the community and sometimes the community rallies around and, you know, if it's like a person of, if it's a person of privilege who was taken too soon, like it tends to get solved. And if it's someone who's disadvantaged or poor or, you know, from a minority group, oftentimes it kind of just like, well, can't do anything about it. And so no one investigates it, you know? So I wonder because they're poorer, if it just was like, we're not going to go the extra mile for this or, I don't know. I, I, I do wonder how it would have, I don't know. It is an interesting case. And uh, I mean, even the way the movie ends, I forgot how the movie ended. So even the way it ends, Dixon, so Dixon, here's a guy bragging about basically the same crime. Mm -hmm. And so he gets into a bar fight with him, takes the DNA, tests the DNA, and there's no match. You know, it's like, this isn't the guy, which is interesting. I forgot, you know, that that's where it goes. I don't know why I thought maybe that was that was the right guy. So, yeah, it's interesting. There's no no real answer. We don't know who did it. He's got an alibi. Yeah, because he was... He's out of the country. You know, the implication is he did the same crime, but he was like a soldier in Afghanistan or something. Right, so they were like, oh, you know, I'm not going to look into this guy at all, which is... Yeah, I don't know. It's, it's interesting. How do you feel about the ending? Let's just skip ahead to the ending, right? So the end of, a lot happens in between... But at the end of the movie, Dixon and uh, Mildred sort of go off. You know, they're like, you know what? We're going to track down this guy from Idaho who was bragging about this kind of a crime. I like the way it ends. That They're like, are we really going to like go kill this guy or whatever? You know, like as this act of revenge, even though he didn't do it. And I'm like, you know, I haven't decided. And he's like, well, you decide along the way. Which yeah. I thought that was, it was a cool way to end the movie. Uh, I don't know. I mean, how did you feel about it? I like it because I've, I, yeah, because I mean, like it, it leads it up, leaves it up, kind of like to you, where it's like, would you have, like, if you knew someone <clears throat> had raped someone and burned them alive and watched them and was like super into the whole thing, and you got in the car with a gun to go kill them, would you, when you got there, finish the job? And it's you know. Well, you may not know. I've driven to Idaho from Missouri several times. It's a long mm-hmm. drive. A lot of time to think. A lot of time to ponder. Yeah. You know? So, like for me, I don't think they killed the guy. But I know there's... I feel like I remember seeing a lot of people posting up 
this question like, do you think they killed him or not? Which I didn't understand at the time, but I remember it being a big thing of like some people were like, yeah, yeah. definitely, screw that guy, right? And a lot of people were like, nah. It is the other thing too about like that guy not being a DNA match. Those can come back. I mean, maybe the DNA was messed up because it came from Nixon's dirty fingernails. I wonder too, like, was it just there wasn't enough DNA either way on either side of it? You know, wasn't in the right crime database. I just think, why would he be in that town? Why would he go into Mildred's store, intimidate her in the store, brag about that crime? Why would he do all of that, you know? It seems like a maniac thing to do unless you had done that murder and were kind of reveling in getting away with it, you know? Yeah. It's a weird thing that his Idaho plates, apparently lives in Idaho, is has been to that town multiple times. I just, I, I, it ties him too much to the crime, doesn't it? Well, I think... Unless he's like Willoughby's nephew or something. Yeah. But he lives in Idaho and... Yeah, know. which it did say he was... He had mentioned something about Willoughby and that's why he was trashing up the store. He's a friend of Willoughby's. Yeah. So there's the court... The thing of that, then... Because he was... It they almost would have made more sense if he had like Arkansas or Kansas plates or something. Yeah. Where he's like, oh, he's probably Look. family from a couple, you know, a couple hours away. But instead they're like... Missouri, yeah, yeah, Idaho guy in a small town in Missouri, it's just, yeah, it is what it is. Here's my guess, though. Uh, they thought Missouri was Minnesota, and that's why. <laughs> they don't know, Cody. He's British. Here's okay. He is. But, I mean, the guy was out of the country when the murder happened. Right. So, the only thing I could think of was like, maybe Or was someone like, covered from and said oh. he was out of country. Yeah. So it could be that, uh, you know, he knew the guy that did it, part of the same crew, or because you know I've you know I've heard, you know that's that particular crime that is in this movie is not insanely uncommon. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. Like it's, I think the guys that rape and are that you know there's not like a ton of rapists yeah in the world hopefully anyway right. But I think this particular thing isn't that uncommon for them when yeah. they're at the level. I mean, it happened to my, murdering. except for the burning, it happened to my hometown. People in my high school got, um, I, I'm pretty sure they raped the girl and killed her and her, her uh, friend, who was a dude, Yeah. out in a bunker, you know, somewhere, and it just, they did it. And they were young, you know, I think, I think the people that did it were in their like early 20s when they did it, Yeah. you know, and it's just like, I think a lot of hometowns have this kind of story, you know, that's happened. And, you know, every five or 10 years, something like this happens in a lot of these small towns, you know? Yeah. I mean, like, growing up, I moved from a little town in Arkansas where I never remember hearing anything about all this stuff. I know we did live nearby, like, a pretty high-ranking member of the KKK, but right, he never did anything. He just had a swastika i think hanging in his front yard yeah but i feel like i remember being like he's not even that racist he's just like into more the political stuff that they're into and it was really weird how like i'm sure he was racist but uh and then we moved to kansas city where you're not gonna hear about it because it's not gonna shock the town when it happens but yeah i know yeah it's just one of those things where i think it's People do it, and then they're like, oh, shoot, you burn the body so they can't find me, and then... You, like, That's stop. the other thing. You burn a body, 
how much evidence is there, you know? I found out nowadays, it used to be that would kind of ruin it, but nowadays they can still recover DNA and all that. DNA can, the stuff they need now for the tests, for like DNA tests, survives fire. Interesting. I, I wouldn't have thought. Yeah. So, yeah. Interesting quandary. I, yeah. That's what I, that's what I like about the movie. Every character is so different and there's so much... I don't know. I just love the way it makes you kind of think from all perspectives. You know, you see yeah. things from Dixon's perspective, from Willoughby's perspective, from Mildred's perspective. Her son, who's just kind of like, can we just move on from this? Like, yeah. billboards, it, you know, it, school is hard now because everyone knows my mom's the crazy billboard lady. And I just want to, you know, not be reminded of the terrible way she died. And I, 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 uh, I don't know, I guess I just like the way it, it shows so many perspectives and, and intertwines all these people. Yeah. I I liked that dynamic between the mom and the son where the mom, you know, they're talking right after she puts the billboards up and he, you know, kind of sarcastically remarks on how, you know, oh, you know, it would be awful if someone had tried to, I don't know, avoid every detail they could about the case to try to not have that image in their mind. And she's like, I gave you the case files to look at the photos. And he's like, yeah, I, and I didn't look at yeah. them because I didn't want to know. And she's like poured over this case file mm-hmm. and memorized everything. It's, it is interesting. I mean, it. I think it kind of pits. I think the mom, they show that interaction that happened with the mom where she's like, I'm not going to give you a ride into town and you can walk and whatever. I hope, like, you know, they have such abrasive humor, but they joke about like, oh, I hope you do get, you know, raped or, you know, killed yeah. or whatever on your... And it's just, that is, you know, the mom is so abrasive and uses foul language and that their family is dysfunctional, but they do really care about each other. And that's how they communicate. And, and so it was, I, I mean, the way they put the movie together, because you don't know what happened with the, what the daughter was like, except for that flashback scene they show when you showed it. It's so impactful to be like, now it makes sense why she's so obsessed, obsessed about the police not doing enough because she feels so guilty about about, you know, just like if I had given her money for a cab, if I had just let her borrow the car, if I had given her a ride, none of this, you know, maybe some of this, that survivor's guilt, you know? Yeah. Also the fact that, I mean, you can see their house from the billboards where it happened. Yeah. And like, I thought it was real um, powerful, I guess. Mm. So every time you start to be like, yeah, she Mildred is kind of just this crazy lady. Like, you need to move on. They've done all they can. I felt like every time that a scene ended where you felt like that, it cut to the burn mark outline of the body. Yeah. Of like, this is what she's upset about. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah, I mean, it's hard to forget when it's right. It's hard to move on when it's just like, you want the answers and you want you want that closure. Some some justice. It can't heal you, but it, it's something, you know? Yeah. Yeah, I, I thought the scene with the deer was interesting because when I first saw it, I was just like, is this a CG deer or not? This is either a really great CG deer or oh. a weird shot. Turns it, Okay, wh- where do you stand on it? No, I want to... You finish your thing. I was just... It seemed like every other shot, I was like, oh, that's a pretty deer. It's lit kind of weird. Is it CG? That was my... I, I did that loop four times during the scene. It's a pretty scene, right? She sees the pretty deer and it just... She kind of jokes like, you're not trying to make me think there's a god, is there? You know, like, Mildred's so interesting. She's very... I feel like she has a very liberal ideology and she's sort of this atheist agnostic person trying to find some sort of meaning, but she feels like nothing matters. And anyway, it's interesting you had the exchange with the deer. Here's what I'm trying to say. The deer is real and it has a name and its name is Becca. Was a deer on set? 
According to this, it was shot with Becca the deer. A real deer named Becca. She's a deer actress. She's a white-tailed something or other from Carolina. But was the deer there? <laughs> yeah, what? See, that would make sense if they were shot separately. But I, I don't know. Okay, hold on. I'll hold tell on. you what I think. I think the deer was green screen filmed somewhere else. Or like filmed somewhere else and put it there. And I did not think it looked like so that's why I was like, interesting when you're like, it looks good. good. I was like, it, it looks like a real well, animal. That's my that thing. Wasn't it, there. it just, it looks, something looked off about the scene. Yeah. Um, there's an article from January 2015, 2018, I mean, is the deer in three billboards real or CG? Let me see. So, yeah. Shot against a blue screen black backdrop. Ooh. Screen was up for a few days before filming so the deer could get used to it. Oh, interesting. There were three deer being considered for the scene. <gasps> Tell me. One that. tag, Rue and Becca. Oh. Uh, Becca was the was the one they used. So that's in yeah, no, that, that makes total sense now. So here's the thing. I can think of two critiques for this movie. Mm-hmm. Because I think it's an for at least for me, it's a near perfect film. I think it's excellent. It's as good as it could be, amazing performances, great writing. It's a, I think it's a hard balance to find. You know, and hard to direct. Great job to everyone. Two things. Number one, that deer scene did look just a little bit wrong, you know? So that's one. Number two, there's an Australian in this movie. Yeah, there is. <laughs> and, I mean, the deer thing is like, okay, whatever. I understand you're not a $200 million movie. You know, you only do so much. But, yeah, so Willoughby's wife is an Australian woman, and it just is confusing. Everyone has sort of a basic american accent or a southern country kind of i would i would call it a country accent right because missouri isn't technically in the south it does have a lot of southern tendencies i would call it a uh, country accent that's what i call it because there are people all across the united states that have that accent that don't live in the south yeah i just think it depends if you grew up in the country or not that it can influence your accent you know you could have a southern grandma Grow up, but grow up in Tennessee, not Tennessee, uh, Idaho, out on a field, and you might end up with a country accent. Is what I'm saying. Yeah, I've noticed it a lot here in Missouri. Yeah, country accents a real thing. Anywho, what was I saying? You were critiquing the the Australian lady. Yeah. So when you throw an Australian into the mix, who doesn't really even have like a strong, obviously Aussie accent, the first time I watched this movie, I spent almost the entire time she was on screen being like. Where are you from? Wait, I'm confused. So he's married to an Australian. It's, it's kind of like we talked about the Schwarzenegger thing, which you explained. Well, I mean, there are people that emigrate to the United States and just like, yeah, no, I, I live here now. And that's totally fine. It's just so distracting because the way she speaks, she doesn't have a strong accent, but then there isn't. She's hard to understand sometimes pitted against the contrast of her accent. It's a shame because I think she looked the part well enough and her performance wasn't bad. I don't know. It threw me off. I wish she was just another American actress. I wish they had cat. It distracted me so, so much. Yeah. Here's my problem with it. Tell me. The first, I think, two dialogue bits she had. Okay. An Australian accent. It is possible to have someone speak in a tone and say say certain words. And it sounds like a deep South accent. Mm, yeah. So it sounded to me, and I like she. I'm like, is she from like the deep south? 
And so you wonder, is she trying? It was she does trying? she have a southern accent? Is she trying to do a southern accent but isn't? Because I think maybe the first time I saw it, I was like, is she British trying to do a southern accent? And then, yeah, you realize well, she's you an nailed Australian. an Australian accent. Yeah. Yes, I think I was British trying to do a southern accent. But uh, yeah, Australian accent's so interesting because I feel like it's so easy for Australians to do American accents. And there's so much crossover in that they'll say like a certain word or something. You're like, wait. That sounds wrong because that's like Australian American, like hard, deep South American accent. And then back to Australian. And it's like, but that's just how they pronounce it's that word. It's just a shame. For a movie so well cast and well acted, yeah. it just, <laughs> just it was the weird. one weak link in the whole thing. Which I like her. I've seen her in other stuff. She's good. I like I, how. Like I, I thought she looked the part really well. And her, like her emotions performance, that part wasn't bad. It was just the accent. It was just the accent yeah. for me. Accent Which, diction diction accent yeah for one for me once i accepted that she was australian got easier i was like okay this is fine yeah but it it confuses you yeah it's disorienting it's like she had to it was because there's so much where she spoke so little or spoke so (laughs) softly or kind of like muttered what she was saying where i was just like where are you from because anyone who speaks softly and slowly you might lose their accent and so it's just she had lines, and you're just like, what is... Yeah. It's a shame, because I love Woody Harrelson, and I think they have a cute relationship, you know? Yeah. And their family's so cute, and so it was... It really made you sympathize with Willoughby, and, and that turn is interesting. So Willoughby, you know, he's trying to deal with Mildred Hayes. He has cancer, and he has this really beautiful family. It's, so it's interesting, right? He takes, you know, the girls ditch school for a day. They go to the river, makes up a dumb game where he's like all right you're sitting on the blanket there's a perimeter of stuffed animals and you cannot leave until you use the fishing rod to hook all the end you do not leave the blanket i need you to understand you know and then they run off to go like fool around with his wife and you know it was was just it was cute to see woody harrelson doing that part and you know adorable family so I, i didn't see it coming that willoughby then leaves behind some notes and he kills himself yeah and it was so in i i don't what i i really liked i didn't see it coming it totally it was something so dramatic that kind of changed that you know that's the first half of the movie that happens you're like well that changes everything for the second half of the movie this whole thing's kind of based around willoughby being on the billboard and him being the one good cop in the town and yeah and I, i i guess it was amazing to see he wrote letters to his wife. He wrote letter uh, to Mildred and to Dixon. And so they read his letters. He, you know, he does like a, a voiceover for his letters as they read it. And so it's so interesting to see those characters read that. And um, it was fa- his reasoning was fascinating. Just like talking to his wife saying like, I know, I know you may hate me for this. And I just didn't, you know, I didn't want to see you watch me dwindle away and die and go through all that hardship i just i wanted a perfect day and just please remember this day we had and you know just it was, that was interesting and then he even gets back at mildred because he sends her a letter and was like yeah it was my idea to pay for the billboards for another month because i knew it would cause problems for you and yeah. consider that my you know yeah my winning chess move or whatever just is so ironic and he wrote a nice letter to dixon too where he's like hey like you have potential and don't squander it away and don't you know, don't not become what you can be. And it was, it was really interesting. Yeah. I like the, 
kind of turn like because you have this kind of peak of the tension or not really peak but like a peak right of tension between mildred and the town with the dentist and then him and will be interrogating her right yeah and during that is when he's like in the middle of talking to her and like saying you know like hey we got you know this is causing problems for you and for me, for everybody. And then he coughs blood all over. Yeah. And then it switches to where she's like, oh, you know, like, is I will go get you some help, you know. And they you show that they're these enemies, but they're all also two people that probably remember growing up together and being yeah. friends and all that. So it's like... They're too good. Like I said, I think most characters in the movie are good people, but they're so different and in different situations and different ideas you know different ideologies yeah. and so it, it's interesting to see them have sympathy for each other and yeah they're pitted against each other but they're not enemies you know yeah like she does it's not like she wants him to die of cancer it's just that she won't, doesn't feel like her case has been looked at enough and he's trying to explain that it has been looked at we just have to wait for a break in the case yeah. and she doesn't accept that but then it's like oh Hey, you know, whenever it's like, oh, he needs help, that's all gone out the window, you know. And then yeah. that's kind of when it starts switching to where it starts leading up to his suicide mm-hmm. and the, everybody crying. And then you got the the shot of, you know, the sergeants crying, coming back from the scene. And then he tells Dixon, who kind of makes a crack about everybody crying because yeah. he's listening to his music. Oblivious. If there's one thing I've learned from this movie, one lesson to take is a scathing indictment on earbuds. Oh, yeah. <laughs> there's two instances where Dixon's wearing earbuds, has no clue what's going on. The first time is just everyone's grieving because they just learned the news that Willoughby's died. Yeah. Um, which is, you know, so it's like, okay, that's not the biggest deal. But then the second time, he goes to pick up... What His is he going to pick up? His letter from Willoughby, leave behind his station keys because he gets fired. And while he has his earbuds in the police station, gets lit on fire, and he has no clue that there's a fire going on. I mean, earbuds are dangerous, is what I've learned from this movie. Yes. So what do you think? So those two scenes, I think it's interesting, the similarities between them, right? Because there's Mm. the first one, he's wearing the earbuds, doesn't know what's going on. They tell him uh, Willoughby has killed himself. He apparently faints and then is comforted by the sergeant. Mm Mm-hmm. And then once he gathers himself together, right, goes over across the street to the advertising agency. Yeah. And, like, gets out his nightstick and breaks through the glass door, doesn't just bust right through it, and then goes in and just beats the crap out of Red. Mm-hmm. And then ends up throwing him out the window and punches his assistant in the face yeah. when she tries to stop him and then goes back out and kicks him and beats him more in the street and then he passes by this like black guy standing by the door of the police station Mm -hmm. goes in and then you see like the guy looking over and he's like you can see his u.s marshal badge on his belt Mm -hmm. and i was like what great shot great reveal too because like you see him walk in looking like puzzled at him and he it's just it's perfect framing because you just see his hand going to his hip and then it reveals he has a badge on his belt and yeah yeah, which I think even in that moment, it's kind of a look at, you know, just like how the country treats like police and stuff where, you know, if someone else had walked across there, like the the issue of how police are treated when they do something bad is a whole yeah. separate thing. But 
that's how it goes a lot. Even when it is someone who's good and cares about doing the right thing in charge of that person Mm -hmm. where he just got fired. Yeah. For viciously assaulting a guy in the street. Right. And that's what he just lost his job. Whereas, you know, if you're an average, if you're just an average Joe, if you didn't have a badge and it's like, okay, well, you're getting pressed, you know, yeah. Charges pressed and you're going to jail, you know, like you can't beat someone and throw them out a window and not go to jail. You yeah. Know? Yeah. Because it's like, yeah, you, the, yeah, you can't do that. <laughs> but yeah. And then just like their attitude towards him, even after he revealed that he'd been sent down to take over from Chief, Will- yeah. Chief Willoughby. Mm-hmm. And uh, which I found out, I'm guessing that might not make sense to some, but I don't know how it works out in other in other places. But I know even like, like we live Kansas City, right? Where... The city government isn't over the police of Kansas City. It's mm. the state government. It's the state appoints the police chief and all that. And they're the ones that give them their budget and oversee all their stuff. So that makes sense. They would send someone down. Mm-hmm. And uh, like the fact that he's black, yeah. like no one wants to listen to him at first. And then yeah. it's like, okay, well, this I mean, is- as soon as he fires Dixon too, everyone just falls into line. It's really interesting. Yeah. Just like total dynamic shifts but they're all just like yeah dixon and it was funny too because you know he he confronts dixon at his desk and he's like hey i'm i'm taking over for willoughby you know he's just like what you throwing people out of windows he's like you know what are they joking around he's like how about this give me your you know your badge and your gun you know gives it to him leave i just can't find his badge can't find Which, his badge in the super intense scene it's just really funny that he's su- like he's such a a screw up that he's like and he like leans in. He's like, I can't, I can't find my, I can't, I can't find my. Badge. I don't know where it is. Less it's like <laughs> you can't, you can't make me laugh right after you just beat a guy in the street. Yeah, yeah, it, it is crazy. And even too, like he walks up to, is it the sergeant guy? You know, the guy who's always at the the podium, you know, at the yeah. front. He's just like, I don't, I don't know if I just got laid off or like fired. He's like, I think you got fired. <laughs> like, you better get out of here. Like, it's like you should leave. But uh, same so anyway, yeah. like the comparison of that to him having his earbuds in reading the letter mm-hmm. where Willoughby's like, I, I kept you around and kind of took a lot of this garbage from you because I see that you have potential that you want to be a good person. You're just so wrapped up in hate yeah. for all these people that you got to let that go mm-hmm. if you want to ever be a detective. But he's like, I know you can do it. Right. And then, and even then like the, the, the last act of the movie, he does kind of become a good detective, right? He puts, even though he's not an officer anymore, he like he notices the guy talking about the crime yeah. in the bar, and he goes out, gets the license plate number, suspect down, starts the fight, gets the DNA. Yeah, he like scratches his face to get the yeah. get his skin under his nails, which yeah. that's what they do. So, as you may know, I have watched all of the main series of CSI. Oh, gosh. oh yes, Cody. There's only there's so there's sixteen, there's fifteen seasons. And then two episodes that are a 16th season. But it's just two episodes. Okay. So I've watched all but those last two. Oh my goodness. So I know, Cody, they scrape under the nails for the DNA. Yeah. Well, here's the other thing they do. And this, the first time I saw the movie, this is what I thought would happen. He was going to steal a beer bottle from him and just get it that way. Yeah. Um, <laughs> this has happened. There have been like a couple cases I've heard about where they're like, I suspect this dude has done these like three murders. And so the FBI just tails him. Like, they've tailed people to, like, a hockey game. 
And it's like they followed him around. He threw away a beer bottle or even like nachos and stuff, like a used napkin from his nachos. He visits the trash can. FBI swoops in, grabs that napkin, and they're like, all right, got the DNA. Let's test it. And then he's guilty. And then they find out he's guilty and they take him. But it's just, yeah, it's interesting. Yeah. So I, I thought he would take like a beer bottle or something, but. Yeah. I liked that because that's one of those things that's like, there's so much of this that's like real, you know? Like he would know, hey, Beer bottle might get smashed, that, but I know if I scratch, because that's what they, he's seen that happen a million times, I'm sure. You know, someone gets raped or gets in a fight and they scrape under their nails to get the DNA sample. And this is how they do it. So he's like, this is how I can keep this sample safe. Yeah, I I, I do like that it kind of steps up. It's interesting, too, um, because Mildred is the one who lights the police station on fire because they lit her billboard on fire. Yeah. But then. I've totally forgot this. It turns out that it was her ex-husband who lit the billboards on fire. I totally forgot that twist. But you're like, I know someone, one of the trivia kind of talks like the anti-karma moments of the film, but it's just yeah. like, it's so interesting. You know, she lights police station on fire, which she thought was, you yeah. know. She calls a bunch of times to try she to. She calls to make sure no one's in there. He doesn't hear because of his earbuds. But then Dixon still saves uh, her file, her daughter's yeah. file. Which- yeah, which that's the moments I was, you know, comparing is like the moment of going over beaten red versus tucking the file under his shirt and diving through the fire to save yeah that evidence and that file in case they ever did get the break mm-hmm. in the case, you know. Yeah, I mean that was, yeah, I, I really appreciated that. Just I mean the development of those characters was really cool. I think it was interesting. Peter Dinklage is in this movie. Yeah, uh, I forget his name. I'll look it up real quick. I forget his character's name. So he's in it and he sees, you know, he sees Dixon coming out of the flaming fire station. He helps put him out. So then, you know, the fire brigade comes. Where are we? Germany? Um, Okay. I was going to say fire brigade. (laughs) Fire brigade. I don't know. Fire department? Fire station? Fire department? They swing by. And so, you know, she kind of needs an alibi. I mean, she did it, but he's like, oh no, we were, uh, you know, Peter Dinklage and I, we were just over here, you know come back from my, my place or whatever yeah, you know, he's just, like around my place <laughs> so he's like you guys dating he's like we've been on a couple of dates you like yeah i i thought that was this is like such a small subplot but you know he asked her like do you want to get dinner on friday or whatever like go to yeah. dinner and she's like embarrassed the whole time her ex-husband shows up with his with his like 19 year old girlfriend or whatever oh, what a treat she is you know and that delightful so anyway I thought I love that exchange because she's obviously so embarrassed to be on the date, and then just after like a little while, Peter Dinklage just calls her out, and he's just like, "You've been embarrassed to be here the whole time. Like, what's even? You know?" She's like, "Can we just do something?" I was like, "Why even do another night? You don't want to be here." And she's like, "I didn't. You're the one who forced me." And he's like, "I didn't force you. I asked you to come on this date. Like, you didn't give an ultimatum. I you just wanted to go on a date with her." He's like, "I know. I drink too much. I know. I'm. You know, I'm just this dude. Like this dude everyone laughs at. But who are you? Like you're." You just lit a police station on fire. Like, you know, I don't know. I, I thought that was, I know Peter Dinklage is like really careful what parts he chooses. Like he doesn't, he'll never choose like an Oompa Loompa kind of part where just like yeah. little person gag part. Right. It's always like, no, I'm just, I'm a person in this. Um, You know, yeah. hence like, Lan, you know, Tyrion Lannister. Yeah. And, and Game of Thrones. And, you know, he's a great actor, obviously, but I really liked his role in this and how they highlight, he's like how they highlighted him. And I, I appreciated that. Yeah. Yeah, I liked his character. I do think it's funny, you know, more to like the town giving each other a hard time and stuff where they're like playing pool and um, Red and him are playing pool. Yeah. And 
Dixon's giving him a hard time. He's like, you're playing poor. He's like, he's like, you're right. He's right, Red. You are playing pool with the little person. <laughs> you know, it's just like, yeah. Really funny where he's just like, yep. But it's just funny too because it's like, you know, like you said, that subplot is like, how oh my much gosh. he wants And he's so funny because they're looking at the menu. He's like, I like cheesy things. <laughs> Probably going to get something cheesy. <laughs> oh I love him. Goodness. He's. He is so funny, and it's really funny to hear him not do his British accent, which oh. I've heard British people hate his accent. Really? And Americans Wait, think is he British? So, no, he's American. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah. So British, oh, because you're used to game, him game in Game of Thrones. Thrones. He's, yeah, he has a British accent. Okay. He does that accent, and everybody hates it because they're like, it's not an accent from anywhere. And, but Americans oh, like are like, what? it's like so West, good. What's the... Westeros? Westeros is a real place? Like, yeah. that's a, that's some... Um, Borough, South London, it's made up. Exactly, <laughs> is what I'm saying. So it's just funny because his his British accent is like a someone doing like the fantasy accent, right. basically, and it's really funny to hear like some people talk about how much they hate it. Um, but I love it, Cody. Yeah, I bring yeah, back I, Peter Dinklage is is amazing, and I do from what I've seen of Game of Thrones, his character is like the best part of the whole series. Oh yeah. So much the best. What is, it, what, what is his, his quote? Like, how did you know? It's like, that's what I do. I drink and I know things. Yeah. <laughs> Just so many good lines. Um, okay. So, anywho, a couple moments, Mildred. Okay, I have a question about this. So, when the billboards are on fire, she has a fire extinguisher in her car. I know. What? What was that? That I guess that's my third critique where I was like, who has like a full size fire extinguisher yeah. in their car? I don't know. Was Unless, she just like she knew someone was going to well, vandalize the? Here's the re- only reason I thought about that because I thought the same thing, and then I thought, well, her daughter was raped and then set on fire. That might lead to some mm. weird, yeah, yeah, choices. That did. About- Although, like as weird as it was, she had that in her car. I did actually think it was a great scene when, like, she's trying to put everything out. She's, like, climbing up the ladder to put it out, and her son just, like, let it go. It's too late. And she just, like, Robbie, like, she needs, she's just, like, she has to do something, you know? Like, it was, mm-hmm. it was interesting to see. I think it was a good, like, way to picture her desperation and how, like, how much it meant to her yeah. to have this case closed, you know? Yeah. I skipped over this Peter Dinklage, but he, doesn't he say I'm going to go visit the little boy's room? Yeah. <laughs> that was funny. <laughs> And you, I'm like, mm, you know what you did. What you did there. Uh, and then I guess that scene too. So that's the second scene with the uh, with the ex-husband's new girlfriend. <laughs> yeah. And it's so funny because she, obviously Mildred has a grudge with her and he's just like, oh, what? She smells like poo and she works at the zoo, blah, blah, blah. And then you meet her and she's like kind of airheaded, but like really nice. Like, yeah, there's nothing wrong with her. She's just dating kind of a skeezy dude and um so the first time you see her she she's waiting in the car the husband comes in there's like an altercation lucas hedges so, puts a knife to his throat because you know he used to he used to abuse yeah, mildred it's like a, such like, an intense moment has her up against the wall with by her throat and then yeah. the son's like threatens him with a knife and then she like walks in is like i'm sorry i just i was about this is awkward this is probably not the right time i'm intruding don't worry about it. He's like, the bathroom's over there. <laughs> like, yeah. He's like, I realize it's like not a good time. I, and I she's think like, I still doesn't want to do it. And he's like, just go. Just, yeah. This is no, a normal day oh. for us. And then at the restaurant, my favorite, what does she, she's, what does he say? She says this really intelligent quote or something. Because, or, yeah. It's or like, the husband. 
echoes the quote from her or something. Yeah, it's hate begets more hate. Or yeah, something. I was like, you came up with that? I was like, well, no, I, I can't take credit for that. I uh, I read on a bookmark <laughs> of, an, of another book I was reading. <laughs> You're like, oh my gosh. Uh, it's so good. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I, I thought she, that was like the perfect casting for that like awkward, airheaded, but so nice, you know? Yeah. And it's just funny because, like, so Mildred comes over there. She grabs a wine bottle and, like, slowly walks over there. And you can see, like, the fear, like, oh, no, it's all, like, all the years of me beating on this woman are about to be smashed over my head in the yeah. form of this wine bottle. And then, you know, she's just like, oh, hey, she it's her. I've met her yeah. before. You know, like, totally oblivious to the tension of, like, yeah. she's about to kill him. And then just, like, threatens him not to be mean to her. Yeah. That was, I also think that was a really realistic scene, too, because, like, realistically, in a small town like that, you've got, what, two bars, you know, a couple fast food restaurants, one local restaurant, one, like, only one, like, nice restaurant. You're not going to have, mo- it's like, that's obviously, like, the nice date restaurant. Yeah. There's not like, another spot, really, to do that in a town that small, so I thought that was, that, that, that would definitely happen, right? You would run in, you know, you'd be on a date at the same time your husband's on it, Eric's husband's on a date or whatever. Yeah. Um... What else? Oh, my the other Mildred scene I really liked. She drops her son off at school and someone throws a can at the car, you know, a can of mm-hmm. something. And her son's just like, please, just don't worry, just drive away. She gets out. She goes over to the kids. She's like, who threw the can? And the kid's like, what can? She just kicks him in the crotch. Yeah. It's like, oh, no, it's going down. Then she asks the girl and she's like, uh... I think she just kicked her in the crotch. I was like, oh my God. What was the last, what did the last kid say? I think he just like turned away, like put his legs together, turned away. He's like, no. And then she just walked away. Oh, but you know, man. shout out to the fact that it hurt, no matter what your gender is, it does it hurt to get hurts hit. to get kicked. Yeah, it just, I mean, I don't know. I feel like Mildred's the embodiment of like, I'm fed up. I'm older. I don't care anymore. Yeah, you guys all hate me anyway. Like this is what you know. It's like those when people get old and they're like, I don't care. I'll say whatever I want now. Like yeah. I'm not ashamed anymore. Like I'm not afraid to speak. But I just I really appreciated that part of her character where she was like, No, I'm fed up. I'm at the end of my rope. I'm not putting up with anybody's crap. Yeah, and it's just yeah, they, they, yeah, yeah, so good, so good. I mean, I I think we've gone through most of the movie. I loved it. I really. Near perfect film, wonderful job. I'm excited to see what Martin McDonough does next. I need to watch his other movie I haven't seen. In Bruges is pretty. I would say In Bruges is really good too. If I were to give like a letter grade, I would give this movie an A, and I think I'd give In Bruges like a solid B. It's a good movie, enjoyable. This one definitely feels like more complete to me, and it's not. This one too is like a star-studded cast. Like, I'd, it is interesting to see when someone's like British and makes like a very American movie. Kind of like Edgar Wright with Baby Driver or Martin McDonough with this one. I'm most interested to see how they portray yeah. things. I think I wonder how much this movie has to do with like <clears throat> I don't know if you run into this as much, but so many people from even elsewhere inside the U.S. will be like, "Yeah, Missouri's so racist," and it's like most places in Missouri are not very racist anymore like you come to kansas city and they're like oh, it's the most racist place in the world and it's like i mean i think you're thinking of st louis which yes yeah <laughs> that is true yeah it's it's interesting it's hard to because i think most urban cities i don't know kansas city is an interesting place because it's on the very edge of like sl- the history of slavery you know 
It's yeah. like the the frontier of the slave states is Kansas City, basically, because you go over to Kansas and that's a free state. Or what you know, was it back in that time? And so it's an interesting history. But I think any big city, you kind of see that aspect of like, oh, you see poorer black neighborhoods and Kansas City has a bad history of like redlining where it's like, okay, here's the black parts of town, here's the white parts of town, here's the affluent part, the poor parts. And yeah. But I mean, I don't think is it worse than any other big city? LA is terrible. New York is not great. Either. You well, know, I think most big <clears throat> cities have that aspect to them. You know, I don't think Kansas City is an exception or worse. Well, or I think better, it also, you know? it, it feeds off the fact that St. Louis, which is the other big city in Missouri, is one of the worst. Yeah, I mean, that's where the, uh, before George Floyd, there was... The Ferguson? Ferguson, yeah. I mean, Ferguson is there in, in St. Yeah. Louis, and that was... Yeah, I mean, it's it's a lot of tension there with the uh, police and the black community. But yeah, it so. is interesting. I like the way this movie tackles some of those issues. Some of other, I don't know. I just think it wraps a lot of a lot of philosophy and timely issues into just a good drama that has humor. It's hard to do, and kudos to Martin McDonough for pulling it off so well. I really I here's what I want to do, Cody. Tell me. You as a boy, you have an outside perspective. You say as a boy, as a boy, <laughs> as a little boy. <laughs> you have an outside perspective from as someone from not Missouri. That's true. Or Arkansas. That's true. Which is where I'm from. Or Texas. Or which Texas. Is where the other place you're from. <laughs> yes. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> um, or any of the other places I've said I'm from. Uh, <laughs> So I know it's a big thing where people, lots of people in Missouri, especially Southern Missouri and kind of in the middle of Missouri, will view it as the South or not the South. And they're very one way or the other. And a lot of people from like Kentucky, which is the most BS state in the entire country to do this, they're like, you're not from the South. You ain't know nothing about the South. Really? Kentucky? You understand you're right. You're across from us, right? There are parts of Missouri well, that are more south than I've, Kentucky. Here's the other issue. I've lived in Kentucky, exactly. and I've lived in Missouri. I've lived in both of those, like, I would call them almost transition states, you know? Yeah. So what's your question as a, so, a little boy on the outside? <laughs> as a, I didn't say a little boy. I, I just thought the little boy. boy's room thing from earlier, so. <laughs> I just. So where does Missouri sit in north-south? North-south. I mean... <laughs> It's one of those. I even saw a video on this a few weeks ago because it was like two southern like people who do like food videos. They like got together and they're like they drew their maps of the South, and the guy included Missouri and the girl didn't. And he had an interesting. I forget what his like reasoning for it was, but he's just like, look, if you look at the cuisine, you know, the barbecue in the country, you know, it's just it. Missouri food is very southern <laughs> if you yeah. think about it that way, like as as far as like food wise. Um. I mean, I consider it part of the Midwest. I, w- I wouldn't say Missouri is part of the South. I do think it has those country and Southern tendencies. Um, and it was a slave state, so <laughs> that also kind of ties it. I wouldn't consider it part of the South, but it does have parts of that Southern charm, parts of the cuisine are definitely like instilled in it. Yeah. But would you consider Kentucky part of the South? Yes, would I would. Would you consider Virginia part of the South? Yes, I would. Okay, the other th- here's the other thing about Kentucky, and I, I did live in Bowling Green, Kentucky, so I think Eastern Kentucky versus Western Kentucky is a different thing. At least Western Kentucky, they view Eastern Kentucky as like 
Same with Tennessee, too. You got West Nashville, East Nashville. East Nashville's like banjos and whatever. At least that's how like Middle Tennessee views it, because that's Nashville, right? And they're still... Anyway, it's... <sighs> Eastern Kentucky is more Southern than Western Kentucky. <laughs> Middle Tennessee is very Southern, but not as like Southern as Eastern, because that's Knoxville versus Nashville, right? Those are two different things. Okay, what am I trying to say here? Here's what I'm mm-hmm. trying to say. So I was talking... This guy's a professor. He's a college professor in at WKU. So his, he was like, here's how I put it. I call it the Mid-South because it's not quite Midwestern, at least Western Kentucky. You know, it's not quite Midwestern, but it's not the most Southern state either. I still count it as part of the South, personally. I mean, same kind of thing. Like, Bowling Green has this interesting, interesting take on barbecue, like has their own kind of signature barbecue dish. Um, it's Southern. Kentucky's South, Missouri's Midwest, but they're bleeding the line. They've got Southern tendencies. That's where I'm at. That's where I stand. I'll di- I'll die on this field. Okay. Because <laughs> this is my question. What? what makes a state south or not south? I mean, easiest way to do it, Mason-Dixon line. There you go. Where they fight in the Civil War, you know? I see. That's but something then, I've heard a lot about that one. And I've, so. Yeah, southern. I mean, I don't know. I mean, I feel like the part of Kentucky I lived was very much like not that far from Indiana. Indiana doesn't want to claim Kentucky. The South doesn't want to claim Kentucky, so where does that put you? <laughs> you know, where where does that put you? Nobody um, wants it. Here's why I think what makes something Southern. Oh, I don't know. I mean, you just have to feel it with your heart. Yeah. <laughs> here's why I think the problem came Missouri from. Missouri isn't Southern enough to be technically Southern, right? Well, I mean, that's the if states wanna... I've listed were they're all on the same line. See, and then the other thing that video I told you about, they were also they talked about Florida, and one person claimed Florida, the other didn't. You're like. Okay, like is it West Florida? Like the Panhandle, Florida is like the most southern part of the South, if you think about it that way. But then you know Miami, Miami's not southern at all, and then Orlando, not so much. But I mean, the other thing that you look at the obesity rates that that's a a tick, that's a vote to get you in as well. Missouri's got that, Florida's got that. So you know, a lot to consider. I think I don't think St. Louis feels southern. What? St. Louis doesn't feel like the South to me. St. Louis feels Midwestern urban to dangerous. me. Dangerous. And the, <laughs> is feeling dangerous. Okay, let's not go into that. But Kansas City with the barbecue thing, Kansas City feels a little more but I think yeah. Kansas City feels more urban too. To me at least. But I I, mean, I live here in you know close to the yeah. center of the city, so St. Louis does feel some more northern St. Lu- than yeah, St. Louis is like you think about St. Louis food, it's like they have the worst style of pizza. <laughs> And they have famous, like, you know, and it, it little, they have, like, a little Italian hill, whatever. It's like, okay, Italian food, diner kind of food, bad pizza. That's St. Louis food. Whereas Kansas City, it's all, the one thing Kansas City is famous for is barbecue. Yeah. Barbecue, burgers, steaks, that's Kansas City, you know. Yeah. Of course, I feel like Kansas City is pretty good about, like, you can get pretty good any kind of food. You're not going to have the best of anything you've ever had. Yeah. But, I mean, like. Pretty good. You're gonna get pretty good. It seemed to me, here. at least I, I haven't spent much time in St. Louis, but when I was there, I was just like, they don't quite have a food identity. It's not as good of a foodie city, I don't think, yeah. as Kansas City is. Yeah. I think that's and Kansas like, City has like the Vietnamese population that's like has yeah. a, a small Ethiopian population as well. So there are has a decent Latin American population too. So I mean I mean I've been to I've been to Honduranian restaurant here. Yeah. In Kansas City, Kansas, like just across the way. So Yeah. So anyway, back to the racism and stuff, right? So the point is, um, I think the problem right here, Cody, yeah. is 
If you're out in the middle of nowhere, if you are from the area of Missouri, where the people wanted Missouri to be a slave state, you think of Missouri as the South. Okay, now you're getting there. But the thing, so the country erupted into civil war back in the day. You know, I remember you that. Remember, <laughs> we, we were all there. Missouri had its own little civil war. It's brutal. It was a lot of killing. But nobody cares about it because, like, all the armies and stuff. This over here in, like, Virginia, that was, like, armies and generals and presidents. and over battles. In Missouri and Kansas, it was just people killing each other. Just, like, you, me, and the Ferguson brothers mm-hmm. and the Kentucky brothers. I don't know. Now just name it states that yeah, we've you been are. to. And the McAllisters. We're going to get together. We're going to go kill all those guys over there. Right? That's what it was. And it was a lot. But. Yeah. Uh, my point is, I think it's because like half the people were like, we're the South, we're the we're slave state, and half yeah. were like, we're the North, right? We're not slave state, and that's why it's not ever been in one or the other. It is crazy how it's still but, a thing today. Like the Kansas Missouri feud, yeah, it's still here. It's still, I was so confused by it. I had to really try to figure out what was going. I had to have friends explain it to me. Where I'm like, yeah, what is the deal with this? Like, because I was like, oh, you know, I have a friend was over in the Kansas side. Maybe they have a room he can live in. Like. I would die before I moved to Kansas. Yeah. I was like, okay. I thought you needed a place to stay, but that's fine. It's like, I'd rather be a homeless in Missouri than stay in someone's house in Kansas. I was like, what it's on like, earth is this? Yeah. This oh, is new. It's real. And I think it might have been you, right? A little bit after you came here where you're like, so what's the deal? And yeah. I was like, is people hate each other from the Civil War. And I was like, what you need to understand is Kansas, they were the good guys. Yeah, I mean, they were the free state. They were yeah. the good guys. Ugh. Point is, I've never met such a wide range of people who are fit the bill of the super racist cops in this movie, mm-hmm. and the super liberal, not at all racist, like old lady. Yeah, as this movie, like Missouri, I feel like is one of the only places you go to where those two people will live together happily. Yeah. Everywhere else, I mean, especially push here, each other out. this is in a small town, but like here in Kansas, Kansas City is a pretty liberal town, you know? Yeah. It is because it's a big city, and that's just kind of the territory of a big city. It's a big city, but it's also in a conservative state, you know? So it's, yeah. it's a blue city and a red state, and there's a lot of bleeding of the lines, and there's a lot of like, commingling of that. Yeah. But that is interesting. So I just, I wonder how common that is in other places where you have like, you know, the leader of the local KKK chapter and the head of some, I don't is does the NCAA NAACP NAACP it's does, a thing do they have local here. chapters or NAACP. Is it national nationwide it's only? nationwide I mean I think do they have local heads anyway we'll I, say they do we'll assume me about that they do for a second where they could serve on like the school board together <laughs> and be civil <laughs> yeah. you know and then something happens and they're suddenly not civil and everybody's like i had no idea you guys felt this way and they would say why what yeah point yeah. is cody it's a good movie it's a great movie you know let's just do a rundown of my of my fun facts all right oh you have fun facts? just to leave a leave a good taste in your mouth so this movie is based on a true event that happened in texas where someone was unhappy with how the case was handled threw up some billboards according to this you can drive on I-10 and see the billboard. It's still there from 1991 because oh. no one's ever bought the billboard and like changed it. Nice. Isn't that crazy? Based on a story in Texas, takes place in a fictional town in Missouri, was shot in North Carolina. Now, is Texas part of the South? Oh, yeah. I say no. The Here's why. Alamo. 
The Alamo is the most southern thing I've ever heard of. A what? battle, you lose. You fight a battle, you lose. You remember it forever and die on that hill. You know yeah. what I'm saying? That's very southern. The bar- and once again, barbecue. And I know Texas is a big place, but barbecue, Tex-Mex, westerns, all of that is very Texan. So southern. Here's the thing. Southern. Though. Here's why I say Cody. Cowboys. I say no. The Cowboys. I say no to your state. Because Texas me. is Texas. As someone from Texas, I will I I will honor your opinion. That's why I always <laughs> think of like Texas isn't part of the South. Texas it's Texas. Texas barbecue is part of the They were their South. own country for several years. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Um yeah, two Oscar wins. Francis McDormand and Sam Rockwell. Yeah. Also nominated for Woody Harrelson, Best Picture, Best Music, Best Screenplay, and Best Editing. I think this should have won Best Director. I think Guillermo del Toro won it. Yeah. Shape of Water is fine. I think this was a much more impressive. I don't know. And maybe it just doesn't go this way, but like the tone is so hard to direct and he nailed it. And I think that deserves an Oscar. I would. I, who, do you know who won Best Editing by any chance? I don't know. I think this one. I think that was such a good like I t- even talked about how it would cut from like right as you started to think oh hey she's crazy to burn Mark you know like hey this is just to remind you of what's going on here yeah know? no it's a good point there's a lot of themes I saw some people talk about like the red like the billboards are red she wears yeah. the red bandana there's like a few things where it's kind of like that vendetta that that is brought throughout and like the colors and it's interesting to see how people you know how people yeah. tied it together. A lot of great themes what, in the movie. What about like costume said, design? Worked. <laughs> they it all worked. wore clothes. And that's the thing. You never you never thought their costumes looked wrong, and that's the sign of a good costume department. Exactly. But this isn't the kind of movie to win a costume award. It's a period piece. It's mostly period pieces. <laughs> that's 80% of uh, who's getting nominated. Okay, best film editing. Dunkirk won it. Uh, okay. I mean, Chris Nolan does a good job editing his movies because he does a great job shooting the movies. You know, like he has that yeah. in mind. He gets good editors. I, Tanya, Shape of Water, Three Billboards, Baby Driver. Hey, if we're looking at that list, it should have been Baby Driver. If you're asking my opinion, it should have been Baby Driver that. first, Three Billboards second. I, mm. Fun fact, though, Cody. I've yeah. never seen Baby Driver. Bruh. But I have seen the car from Baby Driver. Bruh. Was it at that car museum you yeah, went to? Yeah, that car museum. In Branson? Yep. Uh, bruh. Hold on. How many, how many um, Edgar Wright movies have you seen? Shaun of the Dead, yes or no? Yeah, I've seen Shaun Hot of the Fuzz, Dead. Hot Fuzz, yes or no? Yep. Yeah. Uh, End, End of the World? Yep, I've seen that one. At World's End. That's At World's End, yeah. Uh, Baby Driver, no. No. Scott Pilgrim, yeah. yes. So you're just, I think that's, are you just missing the one? Edgar Wright. Uh, so good. Love Edgar Wright. Yeah. Okay. So, fun fact, if you go on to Google Street View, you can actually see some of the film filming crew and the cameras and the staging and stuff because it drove through while they were shooting. So that's kind of fun. Oh, that's fun. Uh, Becca's name, Becca was the name of the deer. So that's fun. Uh, Sam Rockwell based his, he did a lot of work for the accent, which I thought yeah. he did a great job with his accent. Yeah. He found an episode of Cops from the 90s nice. in Springfield, Missouri. Yes. Got in contact with them and had like a long interview with the police chief, recorded it and used that as a reference for his accent. Nice. Isn't that kind of fun? The, you know what's funny is his accent sounded so familiar because a Springfield accent is really similar to like where my mom grew up. And it's oh, like there all you my go. aunts and uncles. He even, he even got them to change a couple words in the script because he was like, you know, he referred to the jail as the clink. 
And yeah. so we should, yeah. So like they worked that into the screenplay and everything, which I thought was kind of cool. Um, they had a few nods. Martin McDonough apparently, and I think Sam Rockwell or is it Woody? I forget. One of the two. Big fans of the movie The Deer Hunter with uh, Christopher Walken. Yeah. Anyway, that's why she wears the red bandana. It's like a it's a callback. And there's a couple others to that movie. I think we got to watch it sometime because I keep hearing about the movie. It's supposed to be very good. Oh, yeah, I've never heard of it. Um, fun fact. This is the first time I've read all the trivia facts on IMDb for a movie. I've never made it to the bottom of the list until this movie. How many trivia facts were there? Not as many as most of the movies. It wasn't that long of a list, but I did make it to the end. So uh, one more fun fact. 90% tomato meter. 87% audience score. It's one of the highest movies we've done lately. I think uh, I think it's a great one. You say you said 87%? 87% audience. When I pulled it up, it says 88%. It says well, 88. someone has put in a review in the last two hours. But that's for critics, though. Oh, on critics? Yeah. Did you click into the website? Um, no. Sometimes it aggregates. It's, it's, it's really... I've clicked the score five times now and it's just taken me to wildly unrelated articles at this point so i've given up imdb you're dead to me there you go it's in the top 200 imdb movies it's 151 great movie check it out underrated underappreciated at the oscars i think i think it was definitely best two or three movies from that year yeah so uh check her out thanks for listening you can follow (laughs) us at opinion hours you can review whatever at Opinion Havers on Twitter and Facebook. Who knows? Where will we go next? Perhaps Instagram. Perhaps Snapchat. Perhaps OnlyFans. You oh, never know. We're making OnlyFans. Uh, yell at us. Ask us for uh, movies you'd like to see us uh, review. Yeah. Thanks for listening. Until next time, watch movies. And have opinions. Cody, growing up, how many times did you hear The South Rise Again? I'll tell you how many times I saw it when I was living in the South. <laughs>